Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Maybe just a little preachy. It's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The podcast that proves recycling stuff doesn't work. He often contemplates the sound of one hand clapping. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. This is your Medicare expert or your Medicare specialist, as some people uh, would like to call me, Doug Jones. You might have just heard my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, announce that. But Drew, I'm sure right now, is busy uh, keeping his uh, lovely daughter, Nora, happy and busy with uh, whatever 18-month-old kids do in Canada. Maybe the same thing they do in the United States. Anyway, we are uh, here to help everybody feel good about that coming transition to Medicare. For those of you who have crossed over into the Medicare world, I know that you probably have this sense of of confidence and uh, joy that only victory can bring one. And for those of you who are approaching Medicare, I think we can effectively help you feel that sense of victory. We can certainly help you, uh, advise you as to what you should do to become victorious, which means that you should buy the right type of uh, Medicare insurance that is cost-effective and uh, will not tie you down with weirdo rules and and regulations that make your life a living hell if you ever get sick and uh, you will be victorious as well the way you acquire a lot of this knowledge is to buy my book medicare for the lazy man simplest and easiest guide ever and that book can be had at either barnesandnoble.com or uh, amazon.com and if you go to amazon you find the hardcover book you can find the paperback you can find the Kindle ebook for a very reasonable price. And you can also find the Audible book, wherein somebody, uh, nameless, some faceless person, will actually read the book to you. And that's probably the easiest way to acquire that knowledge. So buy the book. And then if you liked it, if you think it was helpful to you, as most people seem to, why don't you leave a review on Amazon? That's a really helpful way to allow other people to find the book when they're in search of good, um, dependable Medicare information. They'll see your written, your short written uh, comments, and that will make them more confident that their money is not going to be wasted because it is uh, going to be very helpful. Anyway. I'd like to now introduce uh, my good friend and podcast engineer, Randy Carson, who uh, brought a thought to mind. I don't know, somehow our pre-recording conversation led to an interesting uh, conclusion. 
And so perhaps Randy and I can revisit that conclusion. Hello, Randy. How are things going for you today? Hey, Doug. Uh, pretty well. I, I think it's going well. I, I woke up this morning and, and discovered it's Thursday. Uh, so my, my memory is correct. I Sometimes I wake up and I don't even know what day it is anymore. But today I was right on Thursday. Yes, it is Thursday. Uh, and you, you and I together figured out what day of the month it is uh, mm-hmm. earlier. It's the 8th. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I was, you know what that and you know what that means, right? Well, it means the Japanese have destroyed all the ships in Pearl Harbor, and you know yeah. now we're at war. Where uh, yeah. the day before, FDR assured us that everything was just fine. Yeah. Well, there's one other thing that's somewhere along those lines of being mm-hmm. December the eighth, and that means that the uh, Medicare uh, enrollment period is over. Ah, another AEP annual AEP. election period passes yes. us by. And we survived. Yes, we did. I and I didn't have. I I fought off a few Medicare Advantage zombies, but I didn't have as many this last week as I usually did. Well, I know that uh, the the very effective alarm system you have set up, the uh, wire with all the tin cans attached to it, is uh, uh, keeping them away. And many uh, many of their attacks are just failures, complete failures, as it should be. So good for you for fending them off for another AEP. But I ha- it might be part of that alarm system. I, I recently added an alligator, and uh, huh. he sits out by the fence. Wow. In Arizona, it's hard to believe that you would see an alligator. That's got to scare the heck out of those guys when they come <laughs> wandering in your direction. Well, well I did it's, met- an Ari- it's an Arizona alligator. Uh, so so he's, he's a dry alligator. He doesn't really like to swim. Then, huh? That's right. Very huh. dry, very, very I, he lasts. He he never uh, moves. He doesn't have to eat, mostly because he's paper mache. But other yeah. than that, yeah, but it's enough to scare away the Medicare Advantage salesman. That's right. In the dark, when they're sneaking up on my front gate, it's hard to tell that it's not real. Yeah, that's kind of reminds me of uh, the last time we took the. We always take our visiting friends from the north who are uh, refugees from the winter weather. We one of the things we like to do is take them out to Saguaro Lake and take the boat tour. Um, mm-hmm. It's a dammed yeah. up, dammed up, dammed up river in uh, the middle of the desert, not too far from uh, Scottsdale, I guess. And uh, one time uh, we were on the upper level of our boat and right next to us is the boat, the old boat they retired and turned into a gift shop. And the uh, pilot of our boat, the uh, captain said, um, now you'll wonder why there aren't so many birds around here causing us trouble with bird poop. Well, just look across the dock at the uh, boat that's now the gift shop and you'll see up on the top of it, up on the roof is the thing that scares the birds away, the uh, fake owl. And fake owl. Gotta, yeah. And he said the only problem with the fake owl is we have to clean the bird poop off of it every once in yeah. a while because yeah. the birds okay. actually, you know, it's really <laughs> effective, except for the birds uh, like to land on it and poop. Yeah. I've heard that story, not that particular story, but I've heard that, you know, conclusion before is that the only problem with a fake owl is that you look out and all the all the uh, pigeons are sitting on the fake owl. Absolutely. Well, that wasn't the fun thing that you and I uh, touched on right before the podcast recording started. That was a different thing where we were talking about the fact that they don't teach kids to write cursive anymore. And in fact, my two 
grandsons, one of whom is a college graduate. The other one is heading that way. He's like a straight A student in every school he's ever been to. Uh, but he's also a musician and a bunch of other stuff. It was brought to my attention that they were victims of the California school system that did not teach them anything further than how to write their name in cursive. So each of them can sign their name like a pro, but other than that, they can't write anything else in cursive and they cannot read anything in cursive. So that brought up a question. I had to ask my wife who asked our daughter, uh, what goes on in your household when we send a birthday card with a handwritten note or a uh, Christmas card with a handwritten note? Uh, And the answer is that our 50-year-old daughter has to read the notes to her 20-something sons because they can't decipher the cursive love notes that we leave for them on our on the cards, on the greeting cards. And for some reason, after talking politics, that brightened our day a little bit to <laughs> think yeah. of that ridiculousness. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that we want to do this to your nieces and nephews, but the thought crossed my mind that during, you know, some process, you might send them an individual letter saying, you know, if you go and it's all handwritten, you know, cursive. And you say, now, if you go to the end of your yard, you know, on the east hand, east side, uh, you know, a four, four feet from a tree, there is a, and this is all in cursive, and then leave them a nice little $50 check if they've ever, if they ever find it and tell your sister not to help them. Okay. Well, you got the relationships confused. This is my grandchildren. So I'm going to tell their mother not to help them. And uh, then I'm going to tell them that there's something very, very valuable waiting for them. If they can decipher the directions and pretty sure they pretty sure they'll never find it. (laughs) No, you're, I think, I think your $50 check will be probably safe. Yes. It will be there the next year and the next year and maybe the year after that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they're at this point in their lives, they're probably not going to learn cursive. That's the kind of thing you do when you're a little kid. So anyway, let's get to work, shall we? Let's uh, address some Medicare items of uh, interest, general interest and specific to Medicare um, they want to call you Medicare beneficiaries. I say that's a bad term because it's too close to being like a welfare beneficiary. And so you should be Medicare participants. If I were in charge of things, that would be what I would use as a term to describe people who are actually enrolled in Medicare. But I have an article here that's fairly lengthy, and I don't want to go too deep into the weeds, but for some reason... I don't know why this came up so early in our podcast recording schedule, but I'm going to attack it right now. The Inflation Reduction Act. Now, the Democrats that would be in charge of your economy passed a an act called the, in, they call it the Inflation Reduction Act, and we all heard about it. And most of us know that it will actually create more inflation because anytime the government spends money that they don't have, then um, the way they actually cover those checks is to, make more money to create more money and uh, that is inflationary and every time they do that then your money doesn't go as far when randy and i go to the liquor store we find that the amount of money that used to buy a nice stock of guinness or in my case uh, some uh, miller genuine draft or something like that it takes even more money to buy the same amount of stuff that's inflation when your money is losing its value and so um in this uh 
little article here I'm going to whip right through. CMS, and that is the the government agency that oversees Medicare. Uh, they oversee the part of Medicare that we don't sell the product for, and that is Medicare Advantage. And then for some reason, they got their fingers into the Medicare Part D prescription drug plan arena. So those are the two areas of Medicare, but they're they're always reaching, they're always stretching, they're always trying to uh, manipulate things because it's run by a bunch of power-hungry megalomaniacs. And CMS is even a lie. That is uh, a misnomer for their actual, um, what their... uh, initials should be their acronym should read cmms but they're too dumb to figure that out so it's the centers for medicare and medicaid services but they just call themselves cms so now they have been assigned to uh, start attacking the american pharmaceutical industry and i'm very concerned that if their plans go forth for all the years that I've got listed here, that we're going to have no pharmaceutical industry or a very crippled one. And when we have the opportunity to develop a drug that may fight a condition, painful or a life-shortening condition, that there won't be a company out there willing to do that work because it's so expensive to bring a drug to market they're not even going to try anymore. So in 2022, here are the highlights of the Inflation Reduction Act. So in 2022, among other things, Medicare Part D is in dog drug rebates. October 1st, they're starting a 12-month period for which drug manufacturers will be required to pay rebates to Medicare if their prices for certain drugs increase faster than the rate of inflation over the next 12 months. The Part D inflation rebates for the 12 months beginning October 1st of 2022 must be invoiced by December 31st, 2025. So here we have drug manufacturers, and I know a lot of people don't like drug companies, but they're doing their best to operate on our behalf by coming up with drugs that are helpful and useful and extend our lives and give us less pain and give us more normal life uh, activities. And what do they do? Well, first the government makes them jump through a million hoops to uh, raise the cost of bringing that drug to market by having to test it, test it, test it, test it, test it for years and years before they're allowed to sell it on the open marketplace. And now they're saying that the rules of inflation, the general rate of inflation of the U S economy has to, um, apply to their product prices as well. And uh, this is going to be the beginning, the first steps in the death knell of the American pharmaceutical industry. In 2023, they're going to go after insulin. So insulin cost sharing starting January 1st of next year, that's uh, coming up in about three weeks, people enrolled in a Medicare prescription drug plan will not pay more than $35 for a month's supply of each insulin that they take. And it's covered by their Medicare prescription. Oh, and the insulin has to be covered by their Medicare prescription drug plan and dispensed at a pharmacy or through a mail order pharmacy. Also, Part D deductibles won't apply to the covered insulin product. Starting July 1st, people with traditional Medicare who take insulin through a traditional pump 
will not pay more than $35 for a month's supply of insulin, and the deductible will not apply to the insulin. This will apply to people using pumps covered through the durable medical equipment benefit under Part B. Vaccine cost sharing. This is all next year, 2023. Vaccine cost sharing starting January 1st. Adult vaccines recommended by the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. That's the ACIP, in case you're writing down the government acronyms, including the shingles vaccine. Those will be available to people with Medicare at no cost to them. So my question is, who's going to pay for this stuff if the people are going to be given all this stuff for free? Uh, Is this a vote-buying scheme? Kind of sounds like it. Medicare Part B drug rebate starting January 1st. Uh, January 1st is the start of the first quarter for which drug manufacturers will be required to pay rebates to Medicare if prices for certain Part B drugs increase faster than the rate of inflation. The Part B inflation rebates for the first quarter of 2023 and 2024 must be invoiced by September 30th of 2025. That's an important thing to get out there. Coinsurance for Part B drugs. Now, Part B drugs are generally the ones that are administered in a doctor's office, like infusions, for instance. So starting April 1st next year, people with traditional Medicare may pay a lower coinsurance for some Part B drugs if the drug price increased faster than the rate of inflation in a benchmark quarter. Medicare Part D as in dog drugs selected for the drug price negotiation program. Okay, this is fun. The government says we're going to pick out 10 drugs and we're going to negotiate a lower price for those drugs to save everybody a lot of money because the evil drug manufacturers are greedy and they're uh, taking advantage of uh, the, the needs of people that need these drugs. September 1st, CMS will announce the first 10 Medicare Part D drugs selected for the drug price negotiation program. Now, let me tell you what the flaw in this program is right there. It's the word negotiation. The federal government does not negotiate it dictates. So what they're going to do is they're going to pick out 10 drugs, and then they're going to dictate to the drug manufacturers how much they will pay for those drugs under the Medicare Part D uh, program. Maximum fair prices negotiated for these first 10 Part D drugs go into effect in 2026. So let's suppose that I'm selling a widget and it costs me $8 to make the widget and I sell the widget for $50 and the government decides that they're going to give me a um, a negotiated price. They're going to negotiate with me, and uh, they're going to say, uh, Jones, we'll buy all the widgets you can make, and we'll pay you $12. Okay, well, if I need, if I'm getting $50 for a widget, and I really need $20 to break even, and everything else is profit, then uh, I'm going to have trouble staying in business if you're only going to pay me 12 because where am I going to get the money to make more widgets? Where am I going to get the money to pay the employees to make the widgets? And on and on and on. I see nothing but trouble coming from this, but the fact that they call it negotiated is is laughable. So uh, coverage of vaccines, again, this is 2023. Beginning October 1st, most adults with coverage from Medicaid and CHIP will be guaranteed coverage of vaccines recommended 
by the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices at no cost to them. Well, who's going to pay the cost then? Is it going to be the taxpayers? Is it going to be other uh, insured people? I don't think that's what this country was set up to do, to provide free medicines and treatments to uh, everybody in a certain category and make others pay the price for it. So it's uh, kind of a disappointing thing that this is the direction we're allowing them to go. Here are their plans for 2024. The catastrophic phase of Medicare prescription drug benefits starting January 1st, people with Medicare prescription drug coverage who fall into the catastrophic phase, they call that the donut hole, um, they won't have to pay any coinsurance or co-payments during that phase for covered Medicare prescription drugs. If they won't pay, who will pay? Who is going to have to pay the freight for that? Part D is in dog premium stabilization. The law provides for a mechanism beginning January 1st of 2024 for the average premium increase across most Part D plans to be limited to 6% over the previous year. This protection continues through 2029. The law also provides for a mechanism to stabilize plan premiums in 2030 and subsequent years. So the uh, federal government is now dictating the prices that certain uh, industries are able to charge for their products. Now, that doesn't seem American to me, and that certainly seems like bad economics. It does not seem like the right way to encourage uh, pharmacy or pharmaceutical manufacturers to do the research to come up with new beneficial products for us to you uh, to enjoy. Low-income subsidy program. Individuals with Medicare Part D who have low incomes will benefit from expanded financial help with a prescription drug cost-sharing and premiums. The low-income subsidy program uh, under Medicare Part D will be fully available to certain people with Medicare with limited resources who earn less than 150% of the federal poverty level. Why do we have a federal poverty level of 100% of whatever it is, and then uh, we start gifting people who earn more than that? Uh, Why don't you set that deadline or that... um, target at the federal poverty level so the people below the poverty level benefit if you want to give away free stuff to people and the people above the poverty level are uh, on their own uh, like the rest of us are a cap on part b payments for new biosimilars i'm going to skip that who cares about biosimilars apparently the people in the government don't drug price negotiation uh program we're back with that again september 1st of 2024, CMS, the people too dumb to make up the correct acronym for their uh, government department, they will publish the maximum fair prices negotiated by the first 10 Medicare Part D drugs selected for negotiation. Maximum fair prices for the first 10 drugs will go into effect in 2026. Out-of-pocket limit. Oh, this is 2025. Here are their plans. they got all kinds of plans for 2025. People with Medicare Part D won't pay more than $2,000 out-of-pocket for prescription drugs, and they will have the option to pay out-of-pocket Part D costs in monthly amounts spread over the year. Good. Let's hire 86,000 accountants, arm them, give them ammunition and pistols, and then have them figure out this uh 
way to uh, spread out the option to pay out-of-pocket Part D costs during the course of the year. <clears throat> Manufacturer discount program in Medicare Part D will replace the Medicare coverage gap discount program. The new manufacturer discount program will require manufacturer discounts for applicable drugs, both in the initial coverage phase and in the catastrophic phase. Government reinsurance. The government reinsurance in the catastrophic phase of Part D as in dog will decrease from 80% to 20% for brand name drugs, drugs, biologicals, biosimilars, and uh, will decrease from 80% to 40% for generics. Oh, good. Here we are. 2025 drug price negotiation program. By February 1st, CMS will announce 15 more drugs to use for negotiation. That means to dictate to the drug manufacturers what their prices are going to be for 15 more drugs in addition to the 10 that they grabbed the year before. By November 30th, CMS will publish the maximum fair prices for the 15 Medicare Part D drug. Ladies and gentlemen, this thing goes on up until 2029, and I'm going to predict to you that we won't have a pharmaceutical industry making the medicine that we need if this continues, if we allow this kind of thing to go on. Uh, they will not be in business because they will not find it possible to make a profit. And uh, frankly, the only reason companies go into business is to make a profit. Somebody hasn't told our government masters, our jackbooted thugs that are running the economy, that being a profit, uh, making a profit is not a bad or an evil thing. It is a good thing because it encourages more behavior. In this case, when a drug company makes a profit, it encourages them to go out and come up with more drugs to do the research and development. Hey, you know, I got an idea. If you idiots want to make our drug prices lower and to help bring relief to the people that earn smaller incomes, what you want to do is get your jack boots off of the throat of American businesses and allow them to operate in a freer environment so that they don't have to jump through so many expensive hoops in order to uh, continue to do business and to try to eke out a profit. Um, this is uh, my opinion. Apparently, I might be the only one right now in the United States that's ever had this opinion because the people that take expensive drugs I talk to frequently, and I have nothing but sympathy and compassion. But I know that often the reason these drugs that they have to take are so expensive is the fault of the uh, the authorities that don't seem to understand basic economics and that don't understand the things like uh, uh, keeping the lawyers off their backs, reducing the cost. They just don't understand the connection there. Randy, I should, uh, I think it's time for me to get a couple of cocktails because I'm getting all wound up here. And I don't know if well, the listeners. I, you know, I was going to end this episode on a high note, but I just can't do that. You brought up something, uh, you know, related to this uh, negotiated drug, you know, cost. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Negotiated being the funny, the joking uh, well, word in there. You know, there was another phrase that popped into my head too, Doug. It's called gun to the head negotiations. Oh, mm, you're exactly right about that, sir. You are so exactly I read, right. I read an article now. I hope you tell me that I was absolutely daydreaming when I read this article or I listened to it on YouTube. I'm not sure where I saw this, but somewhere in the recent 24 hours, maybe 36 at the most, I read or heard somewhere that if you 
calculate the rate of inflation and a variety of other things that the American uh, consumer has lost since 1971, that would be the base year, 90% of their buying power or more. That wouldn't surprise me at all, but that's okay because we can just print a whole bunch more money. And, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, we we can print a lot more money, and then we can start going to the grocery store with a wheelbarrow full of script. And, uh, you know, in case people don't believe that that's possible, look back to Weimar, Germany. And uh, the whole history there is that after World War One, the allies, the victorious allies, the United States, England, France, all said, OK, Germany, you're going to pay us back for every dime we spent having to defeat you in World War One. And so the, the German Republic said, all right, we're beaten. We have to accept those terms. So they just printed as much money as their printing presses could spit out in order to pay the debt with cheaper dollars, cheaper Deutschmarks. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like just like you described, these people had to their grocery prices changed during the course of the day. Uh, grocery prices went up. They would take wheelbarrows full of money to the store to buy something like a dozen eggs or a sack of potatoes. And uh, it just it was a nightmare. And what did it give us? Well, <laughs> it gave us the Nazi party. There you go. Because well, they came in and they go. said, we fix this. There you go. I'm gonna, I've got one more very positive piece of information I wanted to share with the people because I didn't want this this episode to leave out some other, you know, undercover issues that nobody ever explains fully. Anytime a politician says, I'm going to lower taxes, you know what they really mean? Uh-oh. <laughs> what What is it they really mean? Because I have so much hope. Don't dash my hopes. I am going to reduce or delay the scheduled increases. Yeah, that's true. That is a very common trick they use on the stump on the, you know, when they're out making speeches. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and you know, when the Republicans said we want to eliminate certain taxes, the Democrats, no, when, when they said we want to eliminate planned increases, the Democrats called that tax reduction. No, what did they call that? It was, it was like um, taking away the benefits of the taxes. Oh boy, I should... I should look that up again, but that they used it very effectively in the 90s in the Clinton administration when the Republicans gained control of Congress. And they said, we're going to reduce the budgets or we're going to stop the increase, the rate of increase of certain departments budgets. That's what it was. So there were uh, baseline budgeting. That was the method by which next year's baseline is always going to be a certain percentage more than last year's budget. And so when they said, we're going to lower the rate of increase of the budget from, say, 20% a year to 15% a year to try to save some money and maybe get closer to balancing the uh, the economy or the budget, then the Democrats screamed bloody murder because they said we were cutting the support for these uh, agencies, not that we were reducing the rate of increase. They were lying, lying, I tell you. Lying, I say. Yes, yes. Well, you know. I think we've used up our gas. We've steam. used up our gas, and we've we've uh, certainly depressed anybody who's stuck around I, this long. I think I need to go have a drink now after this episode. I'll uh, be joining. But having you. having said all that, the high the high point of this episode is that Christmas is coming. Hanukkah is on the way. There's one thing that you can do to make your life a whole lot better or your family members a whole lot better. And what is that? You can go to Amazon.com, 
We are having a sale on Doug's book. If you order six copies, you can get that for the price of six. Well, at least that's not the government forcing me to give them away or (laughs) sell them at a loss. So that's good. The books will keep coming. Absolutely. So as I always say, when we close up the episode, dbj at mlmmailbag.com. You can send your comments and uh, coercions to Doug. You can visit our website at medicareforthelazyman.com. You can buy a paperback of his knowledge to absorb and comb through and take notes on the 2022 version, the green numbers. Get an audio, get a Kindle, and please rate our podcast somewhere five stars because we are fighting against the podcast Oh, what do you want to call it? The rating the pod, stats? The podcast Nazis. The podcast Nazis. They're, we're just always fighting against the rating the rating stars. But anyway, Doug, I'm going to close her down for today. Please Folks, do. We, cer- we certainly appreciate you joining us because without you, it wouldn't be nearly as much fun. We appreciate you spending a few minutes out of your day with us at Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And you have just spent, in addition to that, 30, what is it, a 32 and a half minutes, I think we usually well, do? That's what it typically is. And right now, I think we've just hit it right on the head. Okay. You have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy, originally born in Oklahoma. No more. He's living in the high altitudes behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his fortress of solitude. Bye-bye, everyone.